This phrase, fully ripe, alludes back to something God says here to Abraham about why Israel would go down to Egypt and they wouldn't come out again until the fourth generation. You know, God could have built up a nation out of Abraham, settled them in the land right there, given them the promises. But there were other things involved. There was more to the story. Our problem is we can't see more to the story and we don't have the faith to trust that God knows better than we do. But God built the nation of Israel by taking them down into Egypt and into Egypt they became slaves. And it was through that slavery that one family became a nation of more than two million people. It was a place whereby they could be isolated and grow in a supernatural way. All this talk today about slavery and how terrible slavery was in American history. People whining and crying about an institution that ended 150 years ago. People whining and crying about how hard it is to walk by a statue that can't breathe, that can't speak, that can't change color, that can't move. If you have emotional distress when you by walking near an inanimate statue, then you are a pathetic, pathetic excuse for human. I don't care what color your skin is. I'm going to tell you another thing. For black Christians in this country, there's many who love the Lord and preach the gospel and take a stand. There's many who are false, just like white Whitey. He's false most of the time. But any black Christian out there that spends his time lamenting slavery as opposed to preaching the gospel ought to repent. Ought to repent because he has no idea about the sovereign providence of God. He has no idea that through slavery God took a people, idol worshippers, out of jungles and transmigrated them to a place where they can grow into a population. And over time, the gospel of Jesus Christ would take root so that it would produce, at least for a time, a culture that really fears God and trust God in a culture out of which some really solid God-fearing men and women have come. Is that any different? I mean, it's obviously different because it's God's chosen people, the Jews, but it's a microcosmic picture of what God did with the Jews. Are there any Jews that sit around lamenting and whining about the Exodus? No, they use it as an opportunity to declare God's victory. Now, they sit and whine about the Holocaust a lot. I'm sick and tired of that too. I'm sick and tired of Jews walking around crying about a Holocaust that didn't even involve them. If you identify yourself as a Jew today in 2017 with the Holocaust, you're just as pathetic as a black man who identifies himself with slavery when he never knew it, his mother never knew it, and his grandmother never knew it. I'm sorry, it is what it is. The Holocaust was a terrible thing. But what Jews that lament in this need to do is open their eyes and see that with the Holocaust, God did with Israel just what He did with the Exodus. And the greatest revenge against the Nazis was grandchildren. The modern state of Israel. Quit whining. But that's what they do. They whine in the desert for 40 years. And you know what? This isn't an attack on the Jews. I love the Jewish people because they're beloved of God. It's also an attack on us because we haven't learned. We're worse than they are because their testimonies are given to us in the Scriptures as a warning 
So we've got the warning and we've got the example and we still do the same thing they do. So we are worse than they are. Whining, crying, entitlement Americans who think that because their internet goes out that they've got it real bad. Or think that because there's a statue honoring a soldier that died 150 years ago that they're in danger. Or because somebody else in America thinks that they're not as good as they are because of a different skin color, that oh, they, they're in danger. What is there? 18 total KKK members left in the United States today? I mean, really? When is the last time those fools have had any influence anywhere? When they march, I don't know when the last time they ever marched around here, but nobody ever paid attention to them. Why all of a sudden is this a threat? It's a threat because Americans are spoiled brats. They don't know what suffering is. They don't know what poverty is. I had an encounter a few days ago with some people that just thought it was okay to get drunk and go to sleep right outside the door of a business in Hickory. A business that also includes our dojo. And I told them they had to leave. I probably should have been a little nicer. I should have used it as an opportunity to preach the gospel. The smell of alcohol just got to me. It got to me. The fact that someone walked in the dojo and stole my Apple Watch got to me. The fact that people were peeing on the side of the building got to me. The fact that somebody defecated outside the do dojo door and threw toilet paper down there got to me. The fact that cigarette butts are left there got to me. The fact that uh, people think they can just come and do whatever they want on somebody else's property got to me. Told them they need to leave. Don't come back. They got mad at me, cursed at me, talked about it. You don't know what it is to, to live on the streets. Maybe one day you'll find out what it is to be poor. I said, you're not poor. I said, you're just a couple of bums. You're not poor. You don't know what poverty is. You've never seen poverty. You can live on the streets here and drink clean water. You can live on the streets here and have blessings that many people around this world could only dream of. You're not poor, you're ungrateful. And I'm just sick and tired of this attitude here in America. I'm sick and tired of it. And we're worse than the Jews that identify themselves with the Holocaust. We're worse because we've got an example. We're worse than the Jews that murmured in the desert because we've got that recorded. We ought to know better. But we don't. We whine and complain. Well, that's not very loving. Love bids a warning doom to children that play in the freeway. Love recognizes that the vintage reaping is coming. A bloody affair when the blood will go to the horse's bridles. And love warns that people might escape. Love warns the black man who, I, who cries and whines about racism. Love warns the Jew who's rejected God and Messiah. And love warns wicked whitey who thinks he's better than everybody else, who thinks he's smarter than everybody else, as he always has. Love warns. In heaven, praise God, there's people of every tribe, tongue, nation, color. If you can't handle that, maybe it's because you ain't booked a ticket to go there. In hell, there's people of every tribe, tongue, nation, and color. In hell, it's just not the white man in hell, friends. A lot of wicked blacks, Jews. Jews go to hell. This idea that just because you're a Jew, you're saved. The Bible never teaches that. 
Those that believe God and has a plan and a purpose for Israel, those who believe in biblical dispensation have never taught that, even though we're accused of that by replacement theologians who couldn't be trusted to exegete John 19.35. Jesus wept. They can't handle the Scriptures. I wouldn't trust them to preach on John 19.35. Jews go to hell. All Muslims who follow the teachings of Muhammad go to hell. There's only one way a Muslim can escape hell is to forsake his religion. I'm sorry, it's just the truth. I'm not going to apologize for it. People go to hell of every tribe, tongue, nation, and color. Praise God, around the throne are also people of every tribe, tongue, nation, and color. There is no place for racism in the church. There is no place for discrimination in the church. We really shouldn't be. It's the church that ought to be diverse. The diversity of the church is supposed to be the testimony, not the diversity of the workplace where people aren't qualified. The diversity of the church, people of every color, is to be the testimony to the world that the gospel saves people from every corner and the gospel saves from every religion. Religion is discriminatory. It's sad that we're that way. I didn't mean to get off on that topic, but if we can't preach or see or address the, the, the issues of the day here and now, then what are we preaching for? 